Act 1. Play 1 of One Act Play Collection 016 by Various. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Hyacinth Halvey by Lady Augusta Gregory. Persons. Hyacinth Halvey. Read by Todd. James Quirk. A Butcher. Read by Greg Giordano. Fardy Farrell. Read by Krista Zaleski. Sergeant Curtin. Read by Jim Hedrick. Mrs. Delane. Read by Michelle Eaton. Miss Joyce. Read by Grayson Fisk. Stage directions read by Joanna Michael Hoyt. Scene. Outside the post office at the little town of Clune. Mrs. Delane at post office door. Mr. Quirk sitting on a chair at Butcher's door. A dead sheep hanging beside it, and a thrush in a cage above. Fardy Farrell playing on a mouth organ. Train whistle heard. There is the four o'clock train, Mr. Quirk. Is it now, Mrs. Delane? And I not long after rising. It makes a man drowsy to be doing the half of his work in the night-time. Going about the country, looking for little stags of sheep striving to knock a few shillings together. That contract for the soldiers gives me a great deal to attend to. I suppose so. It's hard enough on myself to be down ready for the mail car in the morning, sorting letters in the half-dark. It's often I haven't time to look who are the letters from, or the cards. It would be a pity you not to know any little news might be knocking about. If you did not have information of what is going on, who should have it? Was it you, ma'am, was telling me that the new sub-sanitary inspector would be arriving today? Today it is he is coming, and it's likely he was in that train. There was a card about him to Sergeant Carden this morning. A young chap from Caro, they were saying he was. So he is, one Hyacinth Halvey, and indeed if all that is said of him is true, or if a quarter of it is true, he will be a credit to this town. Is that so? Testimonials he has by the score. To Father Greg and they were sent, registered they were coming and going. Would you believe me telling you that they weighed up to three pounds? There must be great bulk in them indeed. It is no wonder he to get the job. He must have a great character, so many persons to write for him as what there did. It would be a great thing to have a character like that. Indeed. I am thinking it will be long before you will get the like of it, Fardy Farrell. If I had the like of that of a character, it is not here carrying messages I would be. It is in Noonan's hotel I would be, driving cars. Here is the priest's housekeeper coming. So she is, and there is the sergeant a little while after her. Enter Miss Joyce. Good evening to you, Miss Joyce. What way is his reverence today? Did he get any ease from the cough? He did not indeed, Mrs. Delane. He has it sticking to him yet. Smothering he is in the night-time. The most thing he comes short in is the voice. I am sorry now to hear that. He should mind himself well. It's easy to say, let him mind himself. What do you say to him going to the meeting tonight? Sergeant comes in. It's for his reverence's free man I am come, Mrs. Delane. Here it is, ready. I was just throwing an eye on it, to see was there any news. Good evening, Sergeant. Sergeant, holding up a placard. I brought this notice, Mrs. Delane, the announcement of the meeting to be held tonight in the courthouse. You might put it here convenient to the window. I hope you are coming to it yourself. I will come and welcome. I would do more than that for you, Sergeant. And you, Mr. Quirk. I'll come to be sure. I forget. What's this the meeting is about? The Department of Agriculture is sending round a lecture in furtherance of the moral development of the rural classes. Reads. A lecture will be given this evening in Clune Courthouse, illustrated by magic lantern slides. Those will not be in it. I'm informed they were all broken in the first journey, the railway company taking them to be eggs. The subject of the lecture is the building of character. Very nice indeed. I know a girl lost her character, and she washed her feet in a blessed well after, and it dried up on the minute. 
The arrangements have all been left to me. The archdeacon being away, he knows I have a good intellect for things of the sort. But the loss of those slides puts a man out. The thing people will not see, it is not likely it is the thing they will believe. I saw what they call tableau, standing pictures, you know, one time in Dundrum. Miss Joyce was saying Father Gregan is supporting you. I am accepting his assistance. No bigotry about me when there's a question of the welfare of any fellow creatures. Orange and Green will stand together tonight. I myself and the station master on one side, your parish priest in the chair. If his reverence would mind me, he would not quit the house tonight. He is no more fit to go speak at a meeting than... Pointing to the one hanging outside Quirk's door. That sheep. I am willing to take the responsibility. He will have no speaking to do at all, unless it might be to bid them give the lecturer a hearing. The loss of those slides now is a great annoyance to me, and no time for anything. The lecturer will be coming by the next train. Who is this coming up the street, Mrs. Delane? I wouldn't doubt it to be the new subsanitary inspector. Was I telling you of the weight of the testimonials he got, Miss Joyce? Sure. I heard the curate reading them to his reverence. He must be a wonder for principles. Indeed. It is what I was saying to myself. He must be a very saintly young man. Enter Hyacinth Halvey. He carries a small bag and a large brown paper parcel. He stops and nods bashfully. Good evening to you. I was bid to come to the post office. I suppose you are Hyacinth Halvey? I had a letter about you from the resident magistrate. I heard he was writing. It was my mother got a friend he deals with to ask him. He gives you a very high character. It is very kind of him indeed, and he not knowing me at all. But indeed, all the neighbors were very friendly. Anything anyone could do to help me, they did it. I'll engage it is the testimonials you have in your parcel. I know the wrapping paper, but they grew in bulk since I handled them. Indeed, I was getting them to the last. There was not one who refused me. It is what my mother was saying. A good character is no burden. I would believe that, indeed. Let us have a look at the testimonials. Hyacinth Halvey opens a parcel, and a large number of envelopes fall out. Sergeant, opening and reading one by one. He possesses the fire of the Gale, the strength of the Norman, the vigor of the Dane, the stolidity of the Saxon. It was the chairman of the Poor Law Guardians wrote that. A magnificent example to old and young. That was the secretary of the Duet Hurling Club. A shining example of the value conferred by an eminently careful and high-class education. That was the national schoolmaster. Devoted to the highest ideals of his motherland, to such an extent as is compatible with a hitherto non-parliamentary career. That was the member for Caro. A splendid exponent of the purity of the race. The editor of the Caro Champion. Admirably adapted for the efficient discharge of all possible duties that may, in future, be laid upon him. The new station master. A champion of every cause that can legitimately benefit his fellow creatures. Why, look here, my man, you are the very one to come to our assistance tonight. I would be glad to do that. What way can I do it? You are a newcomer. Your example would carry weight. You must stand up as a living proof of the beneficial effect of a high character, moral fiber, temperance. There is something about it here, I am sure. Looks. I am sure I saw unparalleled temperance in some place. It was my mother's cousin wrote that. I am no drinker, but I haven't the pledge taken. You might take it for the purpose. Mr. Quirk, eagerly. Here is an anti-treating button. I was made a present of it by one of my customers. I'll give it to you. Sticks it in Hyacinth's coat. And welcome. That is it. You can wear the button on the platform, or a bit of blue ribbon. Hundreds will follow your example. I know the boys from the workhouse, Will. I am in no way wishful to be an example. I will read extracts from the testimonials. 
There he is, I will say, an example of one in early life who, by his own unaided efforts and his high character, has obtained a profitable situation. Slaps his side. I know what I'll do. I'll engage a few corner boys from Noonan's bar, just as they are, greasy and sodden, to stand in a group. There will be the contrast. The sight will deter others from a similar fate. That is the way to do a tableau. I knew I could turn out a success. I wouldn't like to be a contrast. Sergeant puts testimonials in his pocket. I will now go and engage those lads. Sixpence each, and well worth it. Nothing like an example for the rural classes. Goes off, Hyacinth feebly trying to detain him. A very nice man indeed. A little high up in himself, maybe. I'm not one that blames the police. Sure, they have their own bread to earn like every other one. And indeed, it is often they will let a thing pass. Mr. Quirk, gloomily. Sometimes they will, and more times they will not. And where will you be finding a lodging, Mr. Halvey? I was going to ask that myself, ma'am. I don't know the town. I know of a good lodging, but it is only a very good man would be taken into it. Sure, there could be no objection there to Mr. Halvey. There is no appearance on him but what is good, and the sergeant after taking him up the way he is doing. You will be near to the sergeant in the lodging I speak of. The house is convenient to the barracks. Hyacinth, doubtfully. To the barracks? Alongside of it, and the barrackyard behind. And that's not all, it is opposite to the priest's house. Opposite, is it? A very respectable place indeed, and a very clean room you will get. I know it well. The curate can see into it from his window. Can he now? There was a good many, I am thinking, went into that lodging and left it after. Miss Joyce, sharply. It is a lodging you will never be let into or let stop in, Farty. If they did go, they were a good riddance. John Hart, the plumber, left it. If he did, it was because he dared not pass the police coming in, as he used, with the rabbit he was after snaring in his hand. The schoolmaster himself left it. He needn't have left it if he hadn't taken the card playing. What way could you say your prayers and shadows shuffling and dealing before you on the blind? I think maybe I'd best look around a bit before I settle in a lodging. Not at all. You won't be wanting to pull down the blind. It is not likely you will be snaring rabbits. Or bringing in a bottle and taking an odd glass the way James Kelly did. Or writing threatening notices and the police taking a view of you from the rear. Or going to roadside dances or running after good-for-nothing young girls. I give you my word, I'm not so harmless as you think. Would you be putting a lie on these, Mr. Halvey? Touching testimonials. I know well the way you will be spending the evenings, writing letters to your relations. Learning O'Granny's exercises. Sticking postcards in an album for the convent bazaar. Reading The Catholic Young Man. Playing the melodies on a melodeon. Looking at the pictures in the lives of the saints. I'll hurry on and engage the room for you. Wait, wait a minute. No trouble at all. I told you it was just opposite. Goes. I suppose I must go upstairs and ready myself for the meeting. If it wasn't for the contract I have for the soldiers' barracks and the sergeant's good word, I wouldn't go near it. Goes into shop. I should be making myself ready too. I must be in good time to see you being made an example of, Mr. Halvey. It is I myself was the first to say it. You will be a credit to the town. Goes. Hyacinth, in a tone of agony. I wish I had never seen Clune. What is on you? I wish I had never left Caro. I wish I had been drowned the first day I thought of it, and I'd be better off. What is it ails you? I wouldn't, for the best pound ever I had, be in this place today. I don't know what you are talking about. To have left Caro, if it was a poor place, where I had my comrades and an odd spree, and a game of cards, and a coursing match coming on, and I promised a new greyhound from the clerk of Cork. I'll die in this place the way I am. I'll be too much closed in. Sure it mightn't be as bad as what you think. 
Will you tell me, I ask you? What way can I undo it? What is it you are wanting to undo? Will you tell me what way can I get rid of my character? To get rid of it, is it? That is what I said. Aren't you, after hearing the great character they are after putting on me? That is a good thing to have. It is not. It's the worst in the world. If I hadn't it, I wouldn't be like a prize marigold at a show, with every person praising me. If I had it, I wouldn't be like a head in a barrel, with every person making hits at me. If I hadn't it, I wouldn't be shoved into a room with all the clergy watching me and the police in the backyard. If I had it, I wouldn't be but a messenger carrier now, and a clapper scaring birds in the summertime. If I hadn't it, I wouldn't be wearing this button and brought up for an example at the meeting. Maybe you're not so. What those papers make you out to be? How would I be what they make me out to be? Was there ever any person of that sort since the world was a world? Unless it might be St. Anthony of Padua looking down from the chapel wall. If it is like that I was, isn't it in Mount Mellory I would be, or with the friars at Esker? Why would I be living in the world at all, or doing the world's work? Fardy, taking up parcel. Who would think now there would be so much lies in a small place like Harrow? It was my mother's cousin did it. He said I was not reared for laboring. He gave me a new suit and bid me never to come back again. I daren't go back to face him. The neighbors knew my mother had a long family. Bad luck to them the day they gave me these. Tears letters and scatters them. I'm done with testimonials. They won't be here to bear witness against me. The sergeant thought them to be great. Sure he has the samples of them in his pocket. There's not one in the town but will know before morning that you are the next thing to an earthly saint. Hyacinth, stamping. I'll stop their mouths. I'll show them I can be a terror for badness. I'll do some injury. I'll commit some crime. The first thing I'll do, I'll go and get drunk. If I never did it before, I'll do it now. I'll get drunk. Then I'll make an assault. I tell you, I'd think as little of taking a life as of blowing out a candle. If you get drunk, you are done for. Sure, that would be held up after as an excuse for any breaking of the law. I will break the law. Drunk or sober, I'll break it. I will do something that will have no excuse. What would you say is the worst crime that any man can do? I don't know. I heard the sergeant saying one time it was to obstruct the police in the discharge of their duty. That won't do. It's a patriot I would be then, worse than before, with my picture in the weeklies. It's a red crime I must commit that will make all respectable people quit minding me. What can I do? Search your mind now. It's what I heard the old people saying there could be no worse crime than to steal a sheep. Ah, I'll steal a sheep. Or a cow. Or a horse, if that will leave me the way I was before. It's maybe in jail it will leave you. I don't care. I'll confess. I'll tell why I did it. I'll give you my word I would as soon be picking oakum or breaking stones as to be perched in the daylight the same as that bird, and all the town chirruping at me or bidding me chirrup. There is reason in that now. Help me, will you? Well, if it is to steal sheep you want, you haven't far to go. Hyacinth, looking around wildly. Where is it? I see no sheep. Look around you. I see no living thing but that thrush. Did I say it was living? What is that hanging on Quirk's rack? It's... Fingers it. A sheep, sure enough. Well, what ails you that you can't bring it away? It's a dead one. What matter if it is? If it was living, I could drive it before me. You could. Is it to your own lodging you would drive it? Sure everyone would take it to be a pet you brought from Caro. I suppose they might. Miss Joyce sending in for news of it and it bleeding behind the bed. Hyacinth, distracted. Stop, stop. Mrs. Delane from Upper Window. Fardy, are you there? Fardy Farrell? I am, ma'am. Mrs. Delane from Window. Look and tell me, is that the telegraph I hear ticking? Fardy, looking in at door. It is, ma'am. Then botheration to it, and I not dressed or undressed. 
Wouldn't you say now it's to annoy me it is calling me down? I'm coming, I'm coming. Disappears. Hurry on now, hurry. She'll be coming out on you. If you are going to do it, do it. And if you are not, let it alone. I'll do it. I'll do it. Fardy, lifting the sheep on his back. I'll give you a hand with it. Hyacinth goes a step or two and turns round. You told me no place where I could hide it. You needn't go far. There is the church beyond at the side of the square. Go round to the ditch behind the wall. There's nettles in it. That'll do. She's coming out. Run! Run! Hyacinth runs a step or two. It's, it's slipping. Hoist it up. I'll give it a hoist. Halvey runs out. Mrs. Delane calling out. What are you doing, Fardy Farrell? Is it idling you are? Waiting I am, ma'am, for the message. Never mind the message yet. Who said it was ready? Going to door. Go ask for the loan of... No. But ask for news of... Here. Now go bring that bag of Mr. Halvey's to the lodging Miss Joyce has taken. I will, ma'am. Takes bag and goes out. Mrs. Delane coming out with a telegram in her hand. Nobody here. Looks round and calls cautiously. Mr. Quirk? Mr. Quirk? James Quirk? Mr. Quirk, looking out of his upper window with soap-suddy face. What is it, Mrs. Delane? Mrs. Delane, beckoning. Come down here till I tell you. I cannot do that. I'm not fully shaved. You'd come if you knew the news I have. Tell it to me now. I'm not so supple as I was. Whisper now. Have you an enemy in any place? It's likely I may have. A man in business. I was thinking you had one. Why would you think that at this time more than any other time? If you could know what is in this envelope, you would know that, James Quirk. Is that so? And what now is there in it? Who do you think now is it addressed to? How would I know that, and I not seeing it? That is true. Well, it is a message from Dublin Castle to the sergeant of the police. To Sergeant Cardin, is it? It is, and it concerns yourself. Myself, is it? What accusation can they be bringing against me? I'm a peaceable man. Wait till you hear. Maybe they think I was in that moonlighting case. That is not it. I was not in it. I was but in the neighboring field, cutting up a dead cow that those never had a hand in. You're out of it. They had their faces blackened. There is no man can say I recognize them. That's not what they're saying. I'll swear I did not hear their voices, or know them if I did hear them. I tell you it has nothing to do with that. It might be better for you if it had. What is it so? It is an order to the sergeant, bidding him immediately to seize all suspicious meat in your house. There is an officer coming down. There are complaints from the Shannon Fort barracks. I'll engage it was that pork. What ailed it for them to find fault? People are so hard to please nowadays, and I recommended them to salt it. They had a right to have minded your advice. There was nothing on that pig at all, but that it went mad on poor O'Grady that owned it. So I heard, and went killing all before it. Sure, it's only in the brain madness can be. I heard the doctor saying that. He should know. I give you my word, I cut the head off it. I went to the loss of it, throwing it to the eels in the river. If they had salted the meat, as I advised them, what harm would it have done to any person on earth? I hope no harm will come on poor Mrs. Quirk and the family. Maybe it wasn't that, but some other thing. Here is Fardy. I must send the message to the sergeant. Well, Mr. Quirk, I'm glad I had the time to give you a warning. I'm obliged to you, indeed. You were always very neighborly, Mrs. Delane. Don't be too quick now, 
sending the message. There is just one article I would like to put away out of the house before the sergeant will come. Enter Fardy. Here now, Fardy. That's not the way you're going to the barracks. Anyone would think you were scaring birds yet. Put on your uniform. Fardy goes into office. You have this message to bring to the sergeant of police. Get your cap now. It's under the counter. Fardy reappears, and she gives him telegram. I'll bring it to the station. It's there he was going. You will not, but to the barracks. It can wait for him there. Fardy goes off. Mr. Quirk has appeared at the door. It was indeed a very neighborly act, Mrs. Delane, and I'm obliged to you. There is just one article to put out of the way. The sergeant may look about him then and welcome. It's well I cleared the premises on yesterday. A consignment to Birmingham I sent. The Lord be praised. Isn't England a terrible country, with all it consumes? Indeed. You always treat the neighbours very decent, Mr. Quirk, not asking them to buy from you. Just one article. Turns to Rack. That sheep I brought in last night. It was for a charity, indeed. I bought it from the widow woman at Kilcarton Cross. Where would the poor make a profit out of their dead meat without me? Where now is it? Well, now, I could have swore that that sheep was hanging there on the rack when I went in. You must have put it in some other place. Mr. Quirk, going in and searching and coming out. I did not. There is no other place for me to put it. Is it gone blind? I am. Or is it not in it? It is? It's not there now, anyway. Didn't you take notice of it there yourself, this morning? I have it in my mind that I did, but it's not there now. There was no one here could bring it away. Is it me myself you suspect of taking it, James Quirk? Where is it at all? It is certain it was not of itself it walked away. It was dead, and very dead, the time I bought it. I have a pleasant neighbour indeed, that accuses me that I took his sheep. I wonder indeed you to say a thing like that. I to steal your sheep or your rack or anything that belongs to you or your trade? Thank you, James Quirk. I am much obliged to you indeed. Ah, be quiet, woman. Be quiet. And let me tell you, James Quirk, that I would sooner starve and see every one belonging to me starve than to eat the size of a thimble of any joint that ever was on your rack or that ever will be on it. Whatever the soldiers may eat that have no other thing to get, or the English that devour all sorts, or the poor ravenous people that's down by the sea. She turns to go into shop. Mr. Quirk stopping her. Don't be talking foolishness, woman. Who said you took my meat? Give heed to me now. There must some other message have come. The sergeant must have got some other message. Mrs. Delane sulkily. If there is any way for a message to come that is quicker than to come by the wires, tell me what it is, and I'll be obliged to you. The sergeant was up here, making an excuse he was sticking up that notice. What was he doing here, I ask you? How would I know what brought him? It is what he did. He made as if to go away. He turned back again, and I shaving. He brought away the sheep. You will have it for evidence against me. Mrs. Delane, interested. That might be so. I would soon it have been any other beast nearly ever I had upon that rack. Is that so? I bade the widow early to kill it a fortnight ago, but she would not. She was that covetous. What was on it? How would I know what was on it? Whatever was on it, it was the will of God put it upon it. Wasted it was, and shivering, and refusing its share. The poor thing. Gone all to nothing, wore away like a flock of thread. It did not weigh as much as a lamb of two months. It is likely the inspector will bring it to Dublin. The ribs of it streaky with the dint of patent medicines. I wonder is it to the petty sessions you'll be brought, or is it to the assizes? I'll speak up to them. I'll make my defence. 
What can the army expect at fippence a pound? It is likely there will be no bail allowed. Would they be wanting me to give them good quality meat out of my own pocket? Is it to encourage them to fight the poor Indians and Africans they would have me? It's the anti-enlisting societies should pay the fine for me. It's not a fine will be put on you, I'm afraid. It's five years in jail you will be apt to be getting. Well, I'll try and be a good neighbour to poor Mrs. Quirk. Mr. Quirk, who has been stamping up and down, sits down and weeps. Halvey comes in and stands on one side. Ain't I hearts galling enough before, striving to rear five weak children? I suppose they will be sent to the industrial schools. My poor wife. I'm afraid the workhouse. And she out in an ass-car at this minute, helping me to follow my trade. I hope they will not arrest her along with you. I'll give myself up to justice. I'll plead guilty. I'll be recommended to mercy. It might be best for you. Who would think so great a misfortune could come upon a family through the bringing away of one sheep? Hyacinth, coming forward. Let you make yourself easy. Easy? It's easy to say, let you make yourself easy. I can tell you where it is. Where what is? The sheep you are fretting after. What do you know about it? I know everything about it. I suppose the sergeant told you? He told me nothing. I suppose the whole town knows it so. No one knows it as yet. And the sergeant didn't see it? No one saw it or brought it away but myself. Where did you put it at all? In the ditch behind the church wall. In among the nettles it is. Look at the way they have me stung. Holds out hands. In the ditch? The best hiding place in the town. I never thought it would bring such great trouble upon you. You can't say, anyway, I did not tell you. You yourself that brought it away and that hid it? I suppose it was coming in the train. You got information about the message to the police. What now do you say to me? Say. I say I am as glad to hear what you said as if it was the Lord telling me I'd be in heaven this minute. What are you going to do to me? Do, is it? Grasps his hand. Any earthly thing you would wish me to do, I will do it. I suppose you will tell? Tell? It's I that will tell when all is quiet. It is I will give you the good name through the town. I don't well understand. Mr. Quirk embracing him. The man that preserved me. That preserved you? That kept me from ruin. From ruin? That saved me from disgrace. Hyacinth to Mrs. Delane. What is he saying at all? From the inspector. What is he talking about? From the magistrates. He is making some mistake. From the winter assizes. Is he out of his wits? Five years in jail. Hasn't he the queer talk? The loss of the contract. Are my own wits gone astray? What way can I repay you? Hyacinth, shouting. I tell you, I took the sheep. You did. God reward you. I stole away with it. The blessing of the poor on you. I put it out of sight. The blessing of my five children. <sighs> I may as well say nothing. Let you be quiet now, Quirk. Here's the sergeant coming to search the shop. Sergeant comes in. Quirk leaves go of Halby, who arranges his hat, etc. The department of blazes. What is it is putting you out? To go to the train to meet the lecturer, and there to get a message through the guards that he was unavoidably detained in the south, holding an inquest on the remains of a drake. The lecturer, is it? To be sure. What else would I be talking of? The lecturer has failed me, and where am I to go looking for a person that I would think fitting to take his place? And that's all? And you didn't get any message but the one? 
Is that all? I am surprised at you, Mrs. Delane. Isn't it enough to upset a man within three-quarters of an hour of the time of the meeting? Where, I would ask you, am I to find a man that has education enough and wit enough and character enough to put up speaking on the platform on the minute? Mr. Quirk jumps up. It is I, myself, will tell you that. You? Mr. Quirk, slapping Halvey on the back. Look at here, Sergeant. There is not one word was said in all those papers about this young man before you, but it is true, and there could be no good thing said of him that would be too good for him. It might not be a bad idea. Whatever the paper said about him, Sergeant, I can say more again. It has come to my knowledge, by chance, that since he came to this town, that young man has saved the whole family from destruction. That is much to his credit, helping the rural classes. A family, and a long family, big and little, little sods of turf, and they depended on a, on one that might be on his way to dark trouble at this minute, if it was not for his assistance. Believe me, he is the most sensible man, and the wittiest, and the kindest, and the best helper of the poor that ever stood before you in this square. Is not that so, Mrs. Delane? It is true indeed. Where he gets his wisdom and his wit and his information from, I don't know, unless it might be that he is gifted from above. Well, Mrs. Delane, I think we have settled that question. Mr. Halvey, will you be the speaker at the meeting? The lecturer sent these notes. You can lengthen them into a speech. You can call to the people of Clune to stand out, to begin the building of their character. I saw a lecturer do it one time in Dundrum. Come up here, he said. Dare to be a Daniel, he said. Uh, I can't. Uh, I won't. Sergeant, looking at papers and thrusting them into his hand. You will find it quite easy. I will conduct you to the platform, these papers before you, and a glass of water. That's settled. Turns to go. Follow me on to the courthouse in half an hour. I must go to the barracks first. I heard there was a telegram. Calls back as he goes. Don't be late, Mrs. Delane. Mind, Quirk, you promised to come. Well, it's time for me to make an end of settling myself. And indeed, Mr. Quirk, you'd best do the same. Mr. Quirk, rubbing his cheek. I suppose so. I best keep on good terms with him for the present. Turns. Well. Now I had a great escape this day. Both go in as Fardy reappears, whistling. Hyacinth, sitting down. I don't know in the world what has come upon the world, that the half of the people of it should be cracked. Weren't you found out yet? Found out, is it? I don't know what you mean by being found out. Didn't he miss the sheep? He did, and I told him it was I took it. And what happened, I declared again. Goodness, I don't know. Will you look at these? Holds out notes. Papers. Are they more testimonials? They are what is worse. Gives a hoarse laugh. Will you come and see me on the platform? Are these in my hand? And I speaking, giving out advice? Fardy whistles. Why didn't you tell me, the time you advised me to steal a sheep, that in this town it would qualify a man to go preaching? and the priest in the chair looking on. The time I took a few apples that had fallen off a stall, they did not ask me to hold a meeting. They welted me well. Hyacinth, looking round. I would take apples if I could see them. I wish I had broke my neck before I left Carrow, and I'd be better off. I wish I had got six months the time I was caught setting snares. I wish I had robbed a church. Would a Protestant church do? I suppose it wouldn't be so great a sin. It's likely the sergeant would think worse of it. Anyway, if you want to rob one, it's the Protestant church is the handiest. Hyacinth, getting up. Show me what way to do it. Fardy, pointing. I was going around it a few minutes ago, to see might there be e'er a dog scenting the sheep, and I noticed the window being out. Out? Out and out? It was, where they are putting colored glass in it for the distiller. What good does that do me? Every good. You could go in by that window if you had some person to give you a hoist. Whatever riches there is to get in it, then, you'll get them. I don't want riches. 
I'll give you all I will find if you will come and hoist me. Here's Miss Joyce coming to bring you to your lodging. Sure, I brought your bag to it, the time you were away with the sheep. Run, run! They go off. Enter Miss Joyce. Are you here, Mrs. Delane? Where can you tell me is Mr. Halvey? Mrs. Delane, coming out dressed. It's likely he's gone on to the courthouse. Did you hear he is to be in the chair and to make an address to the meeting? He is getting on fast. His reverence says he will be a good help in the parish. Who would think now there would be such a godly young man in a little place like Carrow? And her sergeant in a hurry with telegram. What time did this telegram arrive, Mrs. Delane? I couldn't be rightly sure, sergeant. But sure it's marked on it, unless the clock I have is gone wrong. It is marked on it, and I have the time I got it marked on my own watch. Well now, I wonder none of the police would have followed you with it from the barracks, and they with so little to do. Sergeant, looking in at Quirk's shop. Well, I am sorry to do what I have to do, but duty is duty. He ransacks shop. Mrs. Delane looks on. Mr. Quirk puts his head out of window. What is that going on inside? No answer. Is there anyone inside, I ask? No answer. It must be that dog of Tannion's. Wait till I get at him. It is Sergeant Carden, Mr. Quirk. He would seem to be looking for something. Mr. Quirk appears in shop. Sergeant comes out, makes another dive, taking up sacks, etc. I'm greatly afraid I am just out of meat, Sergeant, and I'm sorry now to disoblige you and you not being in the habit of dealing with me. I should think not, indeed. Looking for a tender little bit of lamb? I suppose you are, for Mrs. Carden and the youngsters. I am not. If I had it now, I'd be proud to offer it to you, and make no charge. I'll be killing a good kid tomorrow. Mrs. Carden might fancy a bit of it. I have had orders to search your establishment for unwholesome meat, and I am come here to do it. Mr. Quirk, sitting down with a smile. Is that so? Well, isn't it a wonder the schemers does be in the world? It is not the first time there have been complaints. I suppose not. Well, it is on their head it will fall at the last. I have found nothing so far. I suppose not, indeed. What is there you could find, and it not in it? Have you no meat at all upon the premises? I have, indeed, a nice barrel of bacon. What way did it die? It would be hard for me to say that. American, it is. How would I know what way they do be killing the pigs out there? Machinery, I suppose, they have. Steam hammers. Is there nothing else here at all? I give you my word, there is no meat, living or dead, in this place. But yourself, in myself, and that bird above in the cage. Well, I must tell the inspector I could find nothing, but mind yourself for the future. Thank you, Sergeant. I will do that. And her farty, he stops short. It was you to lay that message to me, I suppose. You'd best mend your ways, or I'll have something to say to you. Seizes and shakes him. That's the way everyone does be faulting me. Whimpers. The Sergeant gives him another shake. A half-crown falls out of his pocket. Miss Joyce, picking it up. A half a crown? Where now did you get that much, Farty? Where did I get it, is it? I'll engage it was in no honest way you got it. I picked it up in the street. If you did, why didn't you bring it to the sergeant? Or to his reverence? And some poor person, maybe, being at the loss of it. I'd best bring it to his reverence. Come with me, Farty, till he will question you about it. It was not altogether in the street I found it. There now, I knew you got it in no good way. Tell me now. It was playing pitch and toss I won it. And who would play for half-crowns with the like of you, Farty Farrell? Who was it now? It was... a stranger. Ha! <laughs> Do you hear that? A stranger! Did you see e'er a stranger in this town, Mrs. Delane, or Sergeant Cardin, or Mr. Quirk? Not a one. There was no stranger here. There could not be one here without me knowing it. I tell you there was. Come on, then, and tell who was he to his reverence. Sergeant, taking other arm. 
or to the bench. I did get it, I tell you, from a stranger. Where is he so? He's in some place, not far away. Bring me to him. He'll be coming here. Tell me the truth and it will be better for you. Fardy, weeping. Let me go and I will. Sergeant, letting go. Now, who did you get it from? From that young chap came today, Mr. Halvey. Mr. Halvey? Mr. Quirk, indignantly. What are you saying, you young ruffian, you? Hyacinth Halvey, to be playing pitch and toss with the like of you? I didn't say that. You did say it. You said it now. Hyacinth Halvey, the best man that ever came into this town. Well, what lies he has. It's my belief the half-crown is a bad one. Maybe it's to pass it off. It was given to him. There were tinkers in the town at the time of the fair. Give it here to me. Bites it. No, indeed. It's sound enough. Here, Sergeant. It's best for you to take it. Gives it to Sergeant, who examines it. Can it be? Can it be what I think it to be? What is it? What do you take it to be? It is, it is. I know it. I know this half-crown. That is a queer thing now. I know it well. I have been handling it in the church for the last twelve-month. Is that so? It is the nest-egg half-crown we hand round in the collection plate every Sunday morning. I know it by the dint on the Queen's temples and the crooked scratch under her nose. Mr. Quirk, examining it. So there is, too. This is a bad business. It has been stolen from the church. Oh! 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 oh. oh. Sergeant, seizing Fardy. You have robbed a church. Fardy, terrified. I tell you, I never did. I have the proof of it. Say what you like. I never put a foot in it. How did you get this so? I suppose from the stranger. I suppose it was Hyacinth Halvey gave it to you now. It was so. I suppose it was he robbed the church. Fardy sobs. You will not believe me if I say it. Oh, the young vagabond. Let me get at him. Here he is himself now. Hyacinth comes in. Fardy releases himself and creeps behind him. It is time you to come, Mr. Halvey, and shut the mouth of this young schemer. I would like you to hear what he says of you, Mr. Halvey. Pitch and toss, he says. Robbery, he says. Robbery of a church. He has had a bad name long enough. Let him go to a reformatory now. Fardy, clinging to Hyacinth. Save me! Save me! I'm a poor boy trying to knock out a way of living. I'll be destroyed if I go to a reformatory. Kneels and clings to Hyacinth's knees. I'll save you easy enough. Don't let me be jailed. I am going to tell them. I'm a poor orphan. Will you let me speak? I'll get no more chance in the world. Sure, I'm trying to free you. It will be tasked to me, always. Be quiet, can't you? Don't you desert me. Will you be silent? Take it on yourself. I will, if you'll let me. Tell them you did it. I'm going to do that. Tell them it was you got in at the window. I will, I will. Say it was you robbed the box. I'll say it, I'll say it. It being open. Let me tell, let me tell. Of all that was in it. I'll tell them that. And gave it to me. Hyacinth, putting hand on his mouth and dragging him up. Will you stop and let me speak? We can't be wasting time. Give him here to me. I can't do that. He must be let alone. Sergeant, seizing him. He'll be let alone in the lockup. He must not be brought there. I'll let no man get him off. I will get him off. You will not. I will. Do you think to buy him off? I will buy him off with my own confession. And what will that be? It was I robbed the church. That is likely indeed. Let him go and take me. I tell you, I did it. It would take witnesses to prove that. Hyacinth, pointing to Fardy. He will be witness. Oh, Mr. Halvey, I would not wish to do that. Get me off, and I will say nothing. Sure you must. 
You will be put on oath in the court. I will not. I will not. All the world knows I don't understand the nature of an oath. Mr. Quirk, coming forward. Is it blind ye all are? What are you talking about? Is it fools ye all are? Speak for yourself. Is it idiots ye all are? Mind who you are talking to. Mr. Quirk, seizing Hyacinth's hands. Can't you see? Can't you hear? Where are your wits? Was ever such a thing seen in this town? Say out what you have to say. A walking saint he is. Maybe so. The preserver of the poor. Talk of the holy martyrs. They are nothing at all to what he is. Will you look at him? To save that poor boy, he is going. To take the blame on himself, he is going. To say he, himself, did the robbery, he is going. Before the magistrate, he is going. To jail, he is going. Take the blame on his own head, putting the sin on his own shoulders, letting on to have done a robbery, telling a lie that it may be forgiven him to his own injury. Doing all that, I tell you, to save the character of a miserable slack lad that rose in poverty. Murmur of admiration from all. Now, what do you say? Sergeant, pressing his hand. Mr. Halvey, you have given us all a lesson. To please you, I will make no information against the boy. Shakes him and helps him up. I will put back the half-crown in the poor-box next Sunday. To Fardy. What have you to say to your benefactor? I'm obliged to you, Mr. Halvey. You behave very decent to me, very decent indeed. I'll never let a word be said against you if I live to be a hundred years. Sergeant, wiping eyes with a blue handkerchief. I will tell it at the meeting. It will be a great encouragement to them to build up their character. I'll tell it to the priest, and he taking the chair. Oh, stop, will you? The chair. It's in the chair he himself should be. It's in a chair we will put him now. It's to chair him through the streets we will. Sure, he'll be an example and a blessing to the whole of the town. Seizes Halvey and seats him in chair. Now, Sergeant, give a hand. Here, Fardy. They all lift the chair with Halvey in it, wildly protesting. Come along now to the courthouse. Three cheers for Hyacinth Halvey. Hip, hip, hurrah! Cheers heard in the distance as the curtain drops. End of Hyacinth Halvey by Lady Augusta Gregory